In this episode, we talk about the powerful season we're in with Sun and Chiron and Venus all conjunct in Aries. We also speak of the beauty of Venus as she comes into her evening star regalia and the maverick genius of Chiron. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash ramatribe. This Community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is.
Welcome to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. I'm so grateful that you're here, that you're joining me wherever you are on planet Earth, whatever timeline you may be living upon. Welcome. Thank you for being here. The theme of this episode is all about this really intense and passionate and transformative Venus and Chiron conjunction we have coming up. I'm so grateful for all of the listeners that gather here. There's almost 3,900 unique listeners who have popped into the field of stars, stones, and stories at some point. So if you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, thank you for coming again and again. And um, I love hearing from you all. I love your feedback. I love knowing what resonates with you and what you want more of. And I have some people starting to reach out more and more about wanting to pop on the podcast as guests. And, you know, when I crafted this podcast, my vision has really been to make it an experience, a ceremonial experience where together we journey through different themes that are all tied to the current astrology from when I'm recording and the greater transits at large that we're experiencing culturally. And to weave that with um, a meditation as a form of integration and that part is very important to me that that this is more than a space of just coming together but it is a space that is in reverence and uh as an offering an offering to our ancestors i'm a bit hesitant to have guests on and i'm curious what do you all think do you want guests do you want it just solo with me here please send me your feedback. Send me a direct email or direct message on Instagram at Ramatribe. My new email address is support at earthseedtemplearts.com. And for now, you can still find my website at ramatribe.com, but I am merging over to earthseedtemplearts.com. The domains will both get you to the same place. And over uh, the next few weeks or so, you'll see this new branding take place as I'm stepping into this whole new phase of my work which I'm really excited to unveil all of it and share it with you. And uh, it's it's such a blessing to be um, peeling away these layers and re-emerging. And it's also a lot of work and it's really intense. Sometimes we don't think about these things. You know, we get, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm quite visionary. I get a lot of ideas and then I just want to make things happen. And I knew it was going to be a lot to make this happen, but behind the scenes, all the layers of technicalities that are required. And at this exact time, I do not have an assistant. I am currently calling in a really amazing assistant. Because of that, I wear way too many hats in my work, way too many hats. And I want to be more and more in my zone of genius, which is creating content, delivering it to you all, 
and having other people support me <laughs> with my administrative tasks because I'm good at them, but I'm getting <laughs> less and less proficient as time goes on. And I'm really ready to have some administrative, technical, social media support. If you know anyone who would be great, you can also send me a message about that as well. If you want to book a reading with me, you can email me at that address. You can go to my website. I hope that you're already receiving my weekly Venetian love notes. If you're not, again, go to my website and sign up. I know a number of you were really interested in joining uh, the online teaching that I was offering, the global online teaching, which we gathered on Wednesday of this week. And it was amazing. There were so many beautiful faces live. I'm so grateful for those of you who are able to come live. And there were a number who were not able to come on live. So I've decided to offer an encore um, global teaching of three transformational principles to navigate these radical times. I am incredibly touched by the responses I received during the live teaching after through private messages a number of the participants wrote um, just how amazing they felt during the guided journey that I offered and just what I put together, how much it is like exactly what they've been calling into their lives at this time. And honestly, it was it felt so great to hear that kind of feedback because I have been literally knee deep in creation mode for many, many months. And when you're an artist and you're in your creation mode, you can sometimes lose sight of the pulse of what people want. And for me, I really, my intention is to come through from the most authentic place I'm able to. And to trust that that authenticity will then align with that which uh, people are needing or asking for or calling for. And I always trust that the frequencies align, and they do. However, as a vulnerable artist, <laughs> when you go to put your work out there, it can always be you know, it's intimidating on a certain level. You don't know how it's going to be received. And sometimes you're going to create things and there will be flops, right? There are going to be works of art that some people will not understand. And as I speak about regularly, we're in this age of Aquarius now. We're all artists, we're all creators, and we're all meant to shine with our gifts and this is really the time that we have arrived for in this incarnation. This is a time of collaboration, of community, of co-creating, of weaving together, and also being able to stand in our own sovereignty and our own unique message. So if you weren't able to join in on Wednesday, or even if you were and you want to come back again on Saturday, which is uh, tomorrow. I'm recording this on Venus Day. So Saturday, March 27th, uh, please join us. It, we will gather at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 
4 p.m. Eastern time, and that's also 8 p.m. GMT. So you'll uh, do the math for your time zone. And in the show notes, I will put the link. If for some reason you listen after the fact, you can still go to the link. And um, once the recording has calibrated, I will also upload a recording. So if you want to check out the recording, you can do that as well. We'll gather for a 75-minute teaching, and there will be an optional 15-minute Q&A at the end. And in this teaching, I'm basically going to share with you these three principles that will instill a devotional love between you, Mother Earth, and the elements in this Aquarian age. And I'm going to briefly talk about what the Aquarian age is and um, what these principles are, how they synthesize, and then I'm going to guide you on a journey to connect your Earth Star Chakra with Great Grandmother Hematite at the core of Terra Gaia, Mother Earth. And this is an experience that's really going to anchor you to the wisdom of the stones as allies and assist you in experiencing what it's like to be grounded and this open channel of magic at the same time. This is all about personal empowerment. So please join us. And again, that link will be in the show notes. And there's also timestamps in the show notes. Know that I always uh, place that there for your listening flexibility so you can pause and come back in when timing is ripe. And speaking about timing, I don't know how you all are experiencing time these days. Uh, If you've followed my shows, you know that I talk about time quite a bit, time bending, timeline hopping, timelines merging, this whole kind of quantum reality. And when I was in Egypt in December of 2020, during that magnificent portal of time of the Sagittarius total solar eclipse, all the way through the great conjunction, I was really feeling the pulse of the quantum field just like uh, like locking in more is is how I want to say it. it. It's always here. It, I feel like it's that we are becoming collectively more aware of this quantum field that we live in. And I've been really um, activated in the last few weeks on a very high level with with the quantum field. It's just like coming alive for me in a whole new way. And I say this as someone who, to be honest with you, I know this might be out there for some of you, and it's okay if it's out there for some of you. I want to invite you to stay with me on the podcast journey. Know that I really aim to speak to people at many different um, processes and many different paths, and um, that's part of the Aquarian age too. We're all going to see things differently. But to be frank with you, I've always seen myself, felt myself as very multidimensional 
In fact, something that I've really struggled with in my adult life is how do I become more present in this reality? Because it's so easy for me to tune into my multidimensionality that um, it's very easy to almost romanticize the other places more than this physical incarnation here and now. And through the layers of my own awakening, which I feel like has just been one layer after another since the birth of my body (laughs) in this incarnation, but particularly I would say since about 2014, I've been on a another layer, a deeper, much deeper, richer, wider layer of my awakening. And I've really, really, really struggled with my multidimensionality and how to merge. And that's been um, something I've been really focused on within the last few years is to be here now, to really, truly be here now more and more and more. And it's, it's a daily process. It's not it's not easy. And I imagine many of you totally get what I'm saying. And in turn, what I'm finding is that the more that I surrender to this now moment, the more quantum my experience becomes, the more uh, almost strange, really, um, the the normal becomes almost bizarre. And I've been experiencing these things that are really wild. And so today, uh, my daughter had a stack of library books that are due. And we're getting ready for school. And she's going to, this is her weekend where she's with her father. So I'm not going to see her until Wednesday and the library books are due tomorrow. And so we're like, you know, we've got to run out the door because I've got to get her to her carpool and we cannot find all the books. And so then it's like finding the list of the books from the receipt that we got from the library, which we found. And, uh, there are nine books on the list, but there are only eight books present And I count them, she counts them, and there's a book missing, but we can't figure it out. And so the reality is there's not enough time to do it and we need to go. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take care of this. And then I was also thinking, you know what, I'm just going to renew the books (laughs) and we'll figure it out. So the books have been stacked on the table, on the dining room table. And I come home this evening and I'm like, okay, I'm sure that other book, there's only about three places the other book could be. So I um, go in looking for the book. And before I do, I go through the list to see exactly what title is missing. And it's really clear. It's called like cat skills or something like that. And, um, 
I count the books, I go through them. Like it's really clear which ones are all there and that there's this one title that's missing. So I go around the house looking in the three areas I think it could be. We're we're pretty organized in this home. So it's in my daughter doesn't stick things in in weird places, at least not library books. I mean, she does with other things, but um I know her personality. She's a Capricorn, like there's certain parts of her that are very dependable, reliable, and I'm just like, I don't know where this book is. I'm like, okay, well, we're missing the book. And I sit down to go through the stack once more, and the book is there. It, it literally made no sense because I had looked multiple times. My daughter had looked. We had counted each one of us separately multiple times and the book just appeared. And I know, you know, if you don't really know me, it could be easy to blow it off. Like, Oh, she's just like had a busy day or whatever. Like these things happen, but no, these things don't happen. (laughs) You're dealing with two pretty organized people and it was different occasions like we'd both gone through the stacks. And when I came home, I went through them again. I separated every book. I went through the titles. It was not there. And then after looking around the house, I go back to the stack. The book is there. So this is a experience we could say that's very much related to this quantum reality where timelines merge and where we can literally go from from one realm to another in a split second. Yet to really travel in this way, it requires a true presence, a true awareness. We're in a very passionate, creative time with this Aries season. Right now we have the sun in Aries. We have Venus and Aries. And I don't know if you can hear all the background noise. I've been putting off this recording for 24 hours now, hoping I'd find a good time. And it's just, there's like this agitation out in the field right now, which is part of that Aries energy. So we've got Sun, Venus, Chiron, Ceres, and Eris all in Aries. So it's, it's a lot of energy and this Aries energy, it's very instinctual. It's very primal. It's the first sign of the zodiacal wheel. It emerges out of this collective consciousness into its own independent, unique, individualistic, courageous way of being. And because it's this identity emerging It is so connected to instinct. And as Mars is the ruler, very much instinctual vitality, the will, the lower will, the workings of the body, very much passionate. And this is the energy we're feeling right now. And we're coming up to, um, well, tonight itself, we've got this powerful conjunction between the sun and Venus. So with this 
Aries season. It's it's passionate, it's fiery, it's intense. We can all feel it. And this this day has been <laughs> really intense. And with the sun and Venus coming together, we're we're really feeling that fiery, passionate warrior self come to light. Now, Aries in general, Aries is the I am presence. So it's like the, the leaders, the pioneers, the risk takers, the daredevils of culture and society have some strong Aries archetypes that they're working with. It's a very action-oriented, um, innocent, childlike, ambitious energy that is here to be independent and develop self-awareness. At times, it can be very impulsive or angry or aggressive energy, very impatient as it's ruled by Mars. And Mars energy, it's all about instinct and will and and how we digest and how we move energy forward. And the ancients, when they saw Mars, it was like always like, you know, war and bloodshed and real intense kind of volatile interactions and Yeah, that can be true, but I also feel like Mars energy is, it's powerful. It's, it's how we own our bodies, right? It's, it's very primal and primal connects us to our ancient indigenous wise self. And when I think about this too, I think I go in so many different directions, but I go deep into this primordial place. If you know my work, if you followed me, if you know that when I was in undergraduate school, one thing I was really interested in is the Neolithic and Paleolithic goddesses. All of these ancient goddesses throughout time and space connect to either a snake or a bird, a snake or a bird. And what do you have when you merge the two? You have a dragon. <laughs> I've actually never thought of it quite that succinctly. You do, you have a dragon. Quite often, serpent energy is very much connected to dragon energy because they are, I mean, it, a, a, a dragon is a flying serpent. And we're taught through the current kind of cultural overlays, the overculture, we're very much taught to fear reptilian energy. It's so interesting because before recording this, I was downtown in Asheville where I offer astrology readings at Earth Magic. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen a couple of photos of me with Sutra and Sometimes when when it's slow and I've caught up on all of my work that I can do, I like to take Sutra out and and play with him and just hang out with him. And sometimes when when it's really slow in the store, I'll do little photo shoots with him because believe it or not, like Sutra is a total ham. That snake, 
loves, <laughs> he loves attention and he loves to have his photograph taken. He's so playful and he's so sweet and he's so cute. And it is hilarious. I've only posted two photos of me and Sutra together to date on Instagram. And I actually am going to be sharing one with my Venetian love note tonight. So if you don't get my love notes or you don't follow me on Instagram, find one of those two outlets so you can see one of the photos. I just like was having such a good time with Sutra and he has been in the past year, he has been uh, such a good friend. I've learned how to hold him. And not only have I learned how to hold him, but like we, I mean, I kiss him. <laughs> you might find that really bizarre, but I kiss a snake. <laughs> he is really sweet and it's bringing back this part of myself. I haven't had a creature in my life for many, many years because I was in a marriage in a sacred union for 20 years with someone who is like allergic to almost, well, anything with four legs for sure. And it was hard because I'm actually really, I am an animal person. And my, my dog that came into my life when I was 14, he was uh, absolutely a true, true soulmate. And we had such a deep relationship, Shadow and I, and when he crossed over the Rainbow Bridge, it was a huge loss for me in my life. And recently I've been thinking about how maybe I would like to have a dog again. However, I'm a little nervous about it because I do travel on pilgrimage quite frequently. And just it's a huge responsibility to have an animal and raising a child and uh, maintaining my work is like, I mean, those are two babies right there. So the point is, is that connecting with Sutra at Earth Magic has been filling up my heart in such a profound way. And I have become so in love with him and really appreciate his presence in my life. And we just like feel each other so deeply. And he has taught me a lot about primordial snake medicine. Now, as I've mentioned, I have been very much interested in these ancient goddesses for my entire adult life. And for me, these ancient goddesses, the ancient bird goddess, the ancient snake goddess, go back through Paleolithic, Neolithic times. And you know, if you followed me on Star Stones and Stories, my deep love and reverence for ancient Egypt. And as we look to ancient Egypt, there was Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt. So Upper Egypt being the southern part of Egypt, it was the Nekbet goddess the bird, the, the ancient vulture goddess who was the ruler over Upper Egypt and still is today. 
and then lower Egypt, which is actually northern Egypt because of the direction that the Nile River flows, the Wajet, the snake goddess, ruled lower Egypt. And so where you see in a lot of the temples, the unification of upper Egypt and lower Egypt coming together, this is also a unification of the bird and the snake goddesses. So this connection to the primordial goddess, the primordial snake essence, the bird essence, the reptilian essence, Uh, there's a lot of fear around that. There's fear in many different levels, right? If we go through the monotheistic religions, there's a lot of fear around the snake. And there's this uh, very much implied, almost like evilness between snake and woman. And Then if you go to like new age conspiracy theory realms, right? There's a lot of fear around reptilian energy, like this takeover of reptiles over human consciousness. So we can see the reptilian fear. It's it's quite immense. And my own personal experience, and I realize a, a snake that has been raised to be around humans is much different than a snake in the wild. However, you can go again to many different cultures, indigenous wisdom. There has always been a connection between human and snake. And the the beings, the people who are like snake whispers, who are able to commune and communicate with these beings... This speaks to, on a deeper level, our ability to communicate with our inherent instinctual self. And so the sun right now in Aries is asking us through our will, our vitality, to connect with our instinctual self. And on top of that, tonight, as I'm recording, essentially like right here and now, I'm actually going to just pull up the exact chart of here and now as I'm recording. So it's really late. I don't want to tell you how late, but I will. It's 9.41 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and I'm I'm going to have to wrap this up pretty soon so that I can edit it and get it out to you all while it's still Venus Day. Uh, but right now, yeah, so the sun is at six degrees, 36 arc minutes Aries and Venus is at six degrees, 48 arc minutes. So they're coming into their exact conjunction here and now. And as we know Venus, we know her as both morning star and evening star. And she is the stellar goddess who the ancients called Inanna Ishtar. There's so many different uh, variations of her. And it's actually how I was really initiated into the realm of Venus was through the mythology of Inanna. Again, that was through my amazing undergraduate education in class with Bob Mahar, who just left such an imprint on my psyche in such a good way. And 
this mythology of Inanna, it's it's pretty cool because when I was in undergraduate school, I don't think many people knew about Inanna. And now there's there's a lot of people talking about this mythology and it's beautiful. If you follow me on Facebook, on my Star Stones and Stories Facebook group, uh, it was early on in quarantine of last year, a year ago, probably right around this time, that I read part of the uh, translation of Inanna in that group. So the recording is still available there if you want to find your way and listen in. Um, the translation I really like is by Wolkstein. That's a good translation. So Venus, she is the guardian of transitional awareness and higher consciousness of the heart. As Earth's elder sister, she is the way shower of light into 5D reality. This is essentially our connection into the quantum field, into unity consciousness. Venus allows us to access the purest frequencies of love within. She brings us to a higher understanding. She is all about our values. Like, that's deep. What do you value? What what is worth your incarnation? How do you use your sacred frequency, your sacred time? This is the higher understanding that Venus asks of you. The journey of collective consciousness to love, light, and honoring of the divine feminine. So tonight... Venus makes her superior conjunction to the sun. She is literally with, as she comes swallowed by the sun in Kazemi, in the sign of Aries, she is literally purified. The heart and the hearth are purified. And with this, we have the ability to channel our loss our sadness, our rage, our disappointment, our anger, all of the dross is able to be burned into the sacred ancestral fires as an offering to the other world. And this is so potent because as we can consider one of the mentors I talk about quite often on my podcast who I work with is Elder Maladoma Somme and from his culture in Dagara land, the connection to the ancestral realm is through the portal, through the element of fire. Fire is incredibly sacred and a very simple way for you to send your prayers, to your ancestors, through your ancestors. So on this night, and as we go into this Libra full moon weekend, we are literally giving these offerings through the cosmic wisdom of Sun, of Venus, of Chiron to our ancestors. This is a powerful time, and I want to invite you to really sink into it because this is a time to think back to where you were a year ago from now. 
right before Venus went retrograde in Gemini, right? That was in May of 2020. So think about yourself at the end of March of 2020 and the incredible journey you have been on since then. And I know, I know without a doubt, you have been through massive transformation. You have been through incredible loss. You have experienced deep grief. You have experienced fear. You have experienced so much And yes, you have experienced joy and bliss. I am sure of that too. However, these parts, that dross, really and truly has the opportunity to be burned this weekend. Now, in late May, Venus is going to reappear as an evening star. So when she's in her morning star, she's she's feisty. She's the warrior. She's passionate. She's not necessarily all about lovemaking. She, she is ready to engage in whatever kind of battle she needs to. And it's, it's rough because this is a period where it can be hard for the land to grow fertilely when Venus is enraged. And that being said, we're, we're coming to a culmination. And like I mentioned, Venus is going to reappear as this evening star. Now, when she comes back as her evening star self, she is the goddess of love. She is transmuting and transmitting the vows of sacred marriage. She is ready for that devotion with her divine masculine counterpart. She will bring great healing to the collective. And so this is a really powerful time right now. Whenever you're listening, trust this. Even if you listen post Libra full moon, you are still going to be listening at the exact time to take in this wisdom and to integrate it for your own lineage. I'd like for you to consider the wounds and the crosses you may bear. The wounds around your relationships and where they are not fulfilling you in your life. The places and the spaces where you feel like you do not value or honor your time and where you feel like others do not value and honor your time and perhaps where you do not honor and value others' time. I'd like for you to consider how you can allow the earth to transmute your pain and sorrow. And in that consideration, I would heavily encourage you to turn to the fire so this would be a beautiful weekend to have a ancestral fire. And if you live in an urban environment, you can just get a cast iron cauldron or some sort of um, pot that you can burn things in and you can literally write down what you're letting go of and burn it in fire. 
You can also take the ashes from what you burn and you can bury them in the earth and allow Mother Earth to transmute this. As I mentioned, Venus went retrograde in Gemini in or she began her journey in May of 2020. So since that last retrograde, we're now at this halfway point. And on April 14th, she will move out of Aries, where she stands as the passionate warrior and protector. And as we look through the lens of ancient astrology, she is in her detriment. So she is in her weakest place. And on April 14th, she shifts into Taurus, where she really sinks into her earthiness, into her sensuality. She becomes that lover. And this summer, she will marry Mars in Leo. Oh, it's going to be such a beautiful time. And I'm preparing a very special offering for you around that time. So stay tuned. It will be revealed very soon. And just before winter solstice, around December 19th, Venus will go retrograde once more, this time in Capricorn. These Venus transits allow for a beautiful time to dive deep into your personal values. What do you wish for in any given relationship and why? What are you learning And what are you offering to the great spirit of fire? And I'd like to remind you that fire is the portal, the direct line of communication with your ancestors. Now, as I speak of the ancestors, I speak of the ancestors in a very multidimensional way. So yes, I speak of your bloodline your divine feminine and your divine masculine lineages as they've come together, braided over time and space. And each one of us, regardless of our cultural heritage, each one of us here on earth, we have indigenous blood as we trace our lineage back. We have ancient wise blood that knows instinctually how to connect with and commune with Mother Earth. And so I'd like for you to sink into that in a way that feels really wise and joyful, knowing that, yes, we still must utilize whatever privilege we have to create more harmony and justice here on Earth. And at the same time, we must also honor the fact that we all have this ancient indigenous blood. And how do we make right with that? How do we own that in a good way so that it is supportive of Mother Earth and of the great elementals here on Earth that help create this quantum field that we live within? So I ask that you tap into that bloodline, but then I ask that you also, when you consider your ancestors, consider your soul tribe, your soul mate family, 
the beings who come into your life, whether they're animal beings, plant beings, human beings, that you just know when you connect with them that they're soulmates, that you've traveled before. And there's that knowingness, there's that communion, that comfortability that's just instantaneous. It's true brotherhood, true sisterhood, that kind of altruistic, deep spiritual love. And then there's another weaving of this ancestral lineage. It is the starry ancestors, your starseed origins. So we want to honor all of our ancestral realms. I feel that's very important in these times. This brings us to the Libra full moon. So as we have with any full moon, the moon opposes the sun, which means they're opposite the zodiacal wheel. And so the energy of the sun and the moon are creating this dance. And Aries and Libra are all about how we relate. It is our identity being mirrored through the other, through our relationships, and that polar polarity that teaches us so much ultimately about who we are, because we really learn who we are through our relationships, most importantly through the challenges, the pressures of our relationships. When we're pressurized in a relationship, do we collapse? Do we get afraid? Do we shut down? Do we run away? Do we uh, dismiss others? There's many different ways the nervous system can respond. And many of us uh, have suffered some kind of trauma in childhood. And so quite often we're we're, um, coming to our relationships with that unresolved trauma. So part of our great work is how do we heal that trauma from within so that we can come to our relationships really open and available for co-creation. And that is part of the sacred dance as we birth this new earth. It is letting go of the old stories of the old paradigms the old trauma timelines and letting go of them as they've become fully integrated into who we are because those trauma timelines carry great wisdom and they carry importance and we have the trauma timelines encoded within us as individuals and within us collectively. So this full moon is going to really activate if it has not already done so it is going to really activate uh, whatever timelines are coming up for you to clear within yourself personally and within your relationships and the full moon is exact on sunday at 11 48 a.m pacific daylight time and 2 48 p.m eastern daylight time Now, Libra is symbolized by the scales and is all about relating, how we relate, 
Libra as being ruled by Venus really wants to cooperate with others to create harmony and balance in life. So as we think of the Libran energy, it is the artist, the mediator, the companion, the judge, the peacekeeper, the diplomat, the partner. And this energy is all about collaboration. It is initiatory energy. And so the moon is the soul and the, our our soul, our psyche is wanting to relate. And that relation is coming through this opposition of the Aries sun. Now, what makes this full moon so powerful is that the sun is directly conjunct Chiron and Venus. And as I cast this chart for the full moon in Asheville, which is where I live, I have a um, eight degrees Leo rising, which means the chart is ruled by the sun and we have sun conjunct Chiron conjunct Venus. So even though the full moon is in Libra, the emphasis is really on our soul's purpose, on our connection to our greatest healing and to our love and our values. Chiron takes such a front center stage in this full moon. And I'd like for you to just pause for a moment and think back to October of 2020. We had the Aries full moon then. The sun was in Libra and that Aries full moon was also conjunct Chiron. There was a huge Chiron emphasis. So there's something that got awoken on that Aries full moon in October that is also that there's becoming more clarity within the story with this full moon. Now, in mythology, Chiron was and is a Renaissance man. He's an alchemist, a warrior, a shaman, a healer, an inventor, a teacher, a surgeon, a sky watcher, recorder, a frequency, a musician. He is a maverick. He is a genius. He's well-rounded. However, his, his flaw, his challenge was his ability to heal and the fact that he could not heal himself. As a centaur, as a being that is half man, half horse, he's also deeply associated with shape-shifting. Astronomically, Chiron is situated between Saturn and Uranus. And astronomers guess that he wasn't always a part of our solar system and that he also may eventually return home. This is powerful as we think of this quantum reality, quantum field, and we can think of Chiron as a link communicating with intelligence beyond our galactic awareness. He came from another space and is bringing in information and will also eventually go back to where he came from. I really like to refer to Chiron as the rainbow bridge. And when I'm working with people, as we're looking into their charts, 
I always look at Chiron as this key that unlocks the door between the personal and the transpersonal. The personal is very intimate. It's what helps to create our unique personalities. And the transpersonal planets are the archetypal forces that create the different generational signatures. The thing about Chiron, what he teaches us is that through our wounds, through our trauma timelines, we actually have the key to unlock healing. This full moon in particular is absolutely a gateway of major healing, a major healing from everything that got stirred up in 2020 that has still not been integrated. There's an opportunity with this full moon to integrate, to integrate with the power and the potency of Venus as she begins to shift from her morning star identity to eventually coming forth as being an evening star and in the sign of Taurus. We have this opportunity to soften all of our sharp edges and to really engage in active and transformational healing. Chiron is all about holistic healing, about teaching, about knowing. And when we're unconscious of the chirotic energy in our lives, we can feel very scattered or diffused or ungrounded. One of the ways that I really like to connect with Chiron is to relate to this energy as a teacher of the elemental realms, one who is here to assist humanity with healing and education. And as we consider the age of Aquarius, many different peoples around the world have lost their relationship with the elemental realms. The age of Aquarius is teaching each one of us how to go within, how to be our own teacher, how to be our own healer. And for me, this Libra full moon is really asking, how can we utilize nature for multidimensional healing? Chiron in Aries is bridging between the known and the unknown. With Chiron and Aries, we are working with visions and energy healing. This is all about independence, self-awareness, innovation, innocence, being initiatory and courageous, being bold and passionate, assertive and enthusiastic, being a trailblazer, a warrior. And we've been on this Chiron and Aries energy, this, this path of power, through 2020, we really got settled into it in 2019. And there are many layers that we are learning personally and collectively. So I took a moment to look at 
the Sabian symbols and the star sparks for this lunation. And I want to share with you the Sabian symbols. They, they felt the most aligned. Nine degrees Libra is three old masters hanging on the wall of a special room in an art gallery. And this is about the need to return to source during a confused search for a new value in a chaotic society. So this moon is illuminating how these three sacred streams of wisdom come together in a return to source. And I feel like that is something we are working on collectively is our our cultures have been so shaken up in the past year, most particularly, and there's been a lot of chaos and we're sorting through, we're sifting through the sand to find those, those gems and those treasures and what we've learned and, and how do we want to restructure our cultures? And the sun at nine degrees Aries, and it's, the sun, Chiron, and Venus all at nine degrees Aries. The Sabian symbol for this is a crystal gazer. This is how we may see a symbol of wholeness and how we are able to um, come to our inner realization of our wholeness, our unity consciousness. So there is a lot of power in this full moon and very much it will touch you on a very deep level. There's great healing to experience. And as quite often for many of us, there is grief that must be shed and dissolved before we can have that full experience of joy and bliss and a deeper connection. Now, as the chart is sun-ruled, and as I mentioned, um, when I cast this for Asheville, we have um, the sun as the ruler of the chart and the sun being in the ninth house. So there's also this emphasis on our beliefs. And the moon is wanting for each one of us to really express And the sun is also making a beautiful sextile to Saturn in Aquarius. So there's a lot of gifts that come through our ability to experience a deeper level of self-mastery when we are willing to stretch our beliefs and to stretch our scope of our value system and how do we want to show up as the healers in our own lives. There is a beautiful grand air trine that also takes place in this chart between Saturn and Aquarius, the North Node in um, Gemini, which is conjunct Mars in Gemini, and this Libra full moon. So there's also a lot of uh, like opportunity for solutions, 
ideas, concepts to come forth through this lunation. This is a really powerful, fiery, airy moon in the sense that there's a lot that when you're willing to go into the depths, there's really a lot of solutions that can be transformed and integrated from the process. And with this, ultimately, it is about how we can step into our high hearts of compassion, where we can honor that unity consciousness, that altruistic love of the holy hologram of life. This is a time to go the distance with the backing, the power of Venus, of values, and the maverick healing capabilities of Chiron. This is a weaving of this universe with other multiverses. It is a holographic pattern of great, great potential. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, there are very strong Sun, Chiron, Venus themes that just continue to weave. We have the Sun conjunct Chiron in Aries exact on March 29th, Monday. And then the following days on the 30th on Tuesday, Venus sextiles Saturn. So there's these gifts with Saturn in Aquarius. And then Venus sextiles the North Node in Gemini. And so it's like Venus is touching in and then the sun sextiles the north node on April 1st and then Mercury moves into Aries on Saturday wanting to join in on the Aries party and then Venus that's Saturday April 3rd by the way and then Venus sextiles Mars on April 6th which is this other threading of these gifts that come in when we're willing to do this Venus Chiron sun work. As we tap into that, we're activating our connection with our instinct through Mars, with the collective North Node, our collective Dharma, our collective destiny, and with Saturn, that great teacher of limitations that helps us arrive at our self-mastery as we limit This fiery energy brings in the archetype of the primordial bird snake energy. May each one of us rise like the phoenix as we liberate our lineages through our commitment to our integration and our acceptance of our beautiful medicine that we are here to carry and deliver in these times in this Aquarian age. May you remember that there is no simple path forward. The way forward is by going through the experience, by being in this now moment, by surrendering to what is And in that, at times, yes, it feels like a total free fall. Through that free fall, through this cosmic astrological experience, 
we can understand that there is a perfect plan in place by the planet to activate us, to purify. And within that purification process, within the sacred fires, within the bonfire, all of your self-sabotage mechanisms, you may burn them at will at any point. Our life is like a poem, a song, a script, and you are the author of your life. How do you wish to birth the new earth? In honor of this most potent time with Venus and Chiron and the sun all meeting up in Aries, I invite you as we approach the Libra full moon, I invite you to take time in your own unique way. I encourage you to go lay on the lap of Mother Earth and to take some time and allow your body to connect fully with the earth and to feel the rays of the sun or the beams of the moon. Touch your skin and the back of your body and the back of your head. Touch the earth and to lay on the earth and just really commune and imagine, imagine Imagine humanity honoring our unity consciousness. Imagine living in a world of justice and love and purity and peace. down. Make sure you're in a safe space where you can totally relax. All distractions are tucked away. Your body's immediate biological needs are cared for and you can be completely present, closing your eyes. If you find you're not there, then pause there's a timestamp you can come back here at another time so gathering here in this moment eyes are closed and you find yourself relaxing coming to stillness bringing your awareness to your physical body, bringing your awareness to your breath. Mm. 
and just allowing the body to get nice and heavy. Feeling this wave of relaxation entering in through the soles of the feet, wrapping up through the ankles into the backs and the fronts of the legs, going up into the pelvic bowl, coming into the base of the spine, moving up through all the internal organs, your sex organs, your digestive organs, to your lungs and your heart space, continuing to move up through the vertebrae, up into heart and the lungs really focusing in the space, this network of consciousness and moving up to the neck, down the arms and out into the fingertips and coming back up through the throat and the neck to the back of the head and the front of the face. Relaxing the jaw and the root of the tongue, relaxing the ears, the inner ears, relaxing your eyes, relaxing your mind, relaxing the top of your head and all of the hairs on your head. Just deeply, deeply relaxing here in this space, knowing any thoughts, any worries. You can come back to these at another time. They will be there waiting for you. And so now, consciously bringing your awareness to your grounding cord of light coming from the base of your spine and the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet going down, 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 deep down, all the way into the heart of the mother the heart of Tara Gaia, settling deep into the core of the earth, deep into great-grandmother hematite, this lineage stone that connects you to the seven generations who have come before and the seven generations yet to come. I'm just feeling the power and the nurturing arms of great-grandmother Hematite as she wraps all around you, filling the void, filling the lack consciousness, filling up all of the spaces and places where you feel you are not enough, where you feel not nurtured or held in the ways that you need. Great-grandmother hematite fills those spaces up with her consciousness, with her grounding, with her anchoring. And you begin to find yourself on your hands and your knees crawling through a dark tunnel. You've just entered this womb-like portal through the earth and you're crawling down, down, down deep into the heart of the mother to the space of great-grandmother hematite. You feel her stones all around you 
underneath your knees and your hands and your feet and above you and around and you continue to crawl through this narrow passage going deeper down into mother earth and you journey you continue to journey not sharing not being sure where you're going where you're being led but trusting in this space trusting in this journey and you find yourself moving one hand and the other knee and the other hand and the other knee just back and forth this cross forward motion that brings the left and the right hemispheres of the brain together in unity and you continue to just move left and right and left and right and left and right it's so dark it's like you're moving with your eyes closed yet they are open or maybe they're closed maybe they're open you do not know and it doesn't matter you just stay present moving forward and anytime the mind begins to go into a state of fear you bring your awareness back to your breath one knee forward one hand forward and the next and so as you journey deeper into this cave you begin to see some light flickering this flickering is growing larger and you also feel a subtle warmth coming in and you find yourself coming to more and more open air eventually coming out into a space where you can stand and walk and you enter into this open air space within the cave and there's this large gigantic roaring fire with so many colors orange and yellow and red and green and purple and blue however your eyes are drawn to the right corner and you see this hag woman this crone woman hunched over a smaller fire and rocks and this large cauldron with this bubbling brew and she looks at you she's bony her skin sort of sags from the bones yet she's powerful and she's ancient and she beckons you over and you come towards her she welcomes you and she pulls out this large mug and begins to gather her brew into the mug she looks at you and smiles and you feel this bulge in the pocket of your tunic and you reach your hand into the pocket and you realize you have a gift for her and you take a moment and you notice in your hand your gift and you bring it into the right hand and you offer it to her she receives your gift and she gives you this brew and nudges you to go to the fire 
And you come to sit at the fire and you begin to gaze up into the flames and you begin to sip on your tonic and it's so nourishing. You just feel this medicine go straight into your bones and you gaze into the flames and within the flames you begin to see movement beyond the color and the light you begin to see the movement of these beings, these people, and you realize that these people are your people. These people are your ancestors. And you see person after person after person appear in the flames. It goes on and on so rapid and fast, and they're all so frequently different, yet they're all you at the same time and they show themselves through the dancing of the flames and as they show themselves you find these tears running down your cheeks beginning to pool in front of you so many tears of recognition and realization as you witness those who have come before you You witness their talents and you witness their pain and their sorrow and you witness their dreams and their abilities and you witness their joy and their suffering and their loves and their losses and you witness it and you feel it as if it is yours moving through every cell of your being and you continue to just allow these tears to fall down the sides of your face and they begin to pool more and more in front of your body and you just continue to absorb all that is happening, the dancing, the movement, through the fire flickering, the drinking of the beverage, and all of the sensations, all of the ancestral memories and wisdom that begins to just electrically move through all of your very being here and now. And All of the sudden you're guided, again, you feel this bulge in your pocket, your right hand pocket of your tunic, and you reach down into the pocket and you pull out this small pad of paper and this pen, and you feel called to write, and you begin to write down all of your fears and all of your doubts, your anger your sadness, your losses, your grief. You write down all of the unfulfilled promises and you just allow yourself to pour your heart onto this paper and as you do so, more tears roll down your cheeks and more pool in front of you. And from time to time, you look up into the flames and they seem to be growing higher and taller and more colors continue to come through and more faces and bodies and movement. 
it's timeless, it's endless. And you just sit so present to all of this as you write and you feel. And this continues until the pen runs out of ink and you offer the pen to the fire and you take the paper and you fold it and you dip the paper in this pool of tears and you offer it to the fire And you begin to come to stand up and you begin to dance and you dance and you move and you shake all of yourself, all of yourselves, all of the cells of your body. You shake them out. You move rapidly in every which way. You dance like you've never danced before. And as you dance and you move, you begin to feel all around you these beings dancing and moving with you. You feel the electricity filling up all of the cells of who you are, the alchemical process of all of your ancestors gathering around you, dancing with and dancing through you. And you shake and you cry and you laugh and you scream You let everything flow through all of who you are. The places that you've hidden in the corner, the parts of you you've suppressed, that which you thought was ugly or dirty or had shame or you resented, it comes up and out from these swamp lands of self and you allow them to express these muted parts of who you are they are expressed they are seen they are witnessed they are held and you just find yourself shaking 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 moving all of your body shaking out the nervous system Shaking out all the trauma timelines, shaking out all of the trauma timelines. And you come in front of the fire and you lie down. (sighs) You close your eyes and you begin to feel this presence and the hag has come next to you and she sits down and she takes her your head with her bony hands and places it in her lap and she begins to smooth your hair. She begins to sing. Ooh. Mm-hmm.
as her voice fills you up, you dissolve into this moment of complete surrender and acceptance, this moment of compassion for all that is. And you feel your nervous system, it comes in this large shaking pulse. It's like an earthquake moves through you and out and you find stillness. And in that stillness, you find deep, restorative sleep. You begin to bring your awareness back to your physical body, back to the room, where you're resting, you begin to wiggle through the fingers and the toes, taking some nice, long, deep breaths. And you begin to rub together the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet and you relax the legs back out long you bring your right hand to your heart and your left hand on top of your right and take a moment giving gratitude for all that is giving gratitude for your ancestral lineage, all who have come before you, giving gratitude to Mother Earth and all of her beings, seen and unseen, giving gratitude for great-grandmother Hematite, her powerful healing, feeling the sense of purification and transformation and you continue to rest and gather yourself collecting yourself fully when it feels right for you you'll be ready to come more back into this realm In the meantime, may you know that your ancestors are so proud of you. They know that you've chosen to come in some really challenging times. And they want you to know that they're really proud of you and that they're here for you. They're in those spaces between and betwixt giving you inspiration and insights giving you hugs sharing wisdom 
laughing alongside you, singing through you. May you always feel the backing of your ancestral might. May you always know that the creativity and resources that you need to accomplish your own unique mission here on earth are always right at your fingertips. May you always know that you have everything you need and that it is through this sacred devotional path that the magic of moving forward is made manifest. And so it is. Blessed be. May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. For sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine. <laughs>